Welcome to episode two of Queer on the El Paso, Out and About. October 11th is National Coming Out Day. It was first celebrated on the one-year anniversary of the 1987 National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights. Partly fueled by the AIDS crisis of the 1980s, many activist groups encouraged gays and lesbians across the country to stand and be counted in their own communities. In the words of Harvey Milk, how can people change their minds about us if they don't know who we are? Coming Out Day is still highly relevant to LGBTQ plus communities across the world today. Coming out is a unique experience for L- each LGBTQ plus person. It's not a one-time event. Many LGBTQ plus individuals who come out to their closest friends and family may later come out at work or school to their extended family or to a casual acquaintances. For some, coming out is no longer a big deal. It can be a simple matter of correcting someone's assumptions about you or introducing your partner. For others, coming out is still a huge challenge. The very real fear of facing discrimination, bullying, or judgment can cause LGBTQ plus people to stay in the closet, struggling with anxiety while they strive to be themselves. While coming out can be daunting and scary, it can also be the first time that LGBTQ plus individuals are able to be truly open with the people closest to them. In this episode, we celebrate National Coming Out Day at Queer Onda El Paso. My name is Ted Escobedo. I am joined by Izzy Mora and Ceci Marquez. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. So even though National Coming Out Day is one day set aside, I guess we'll just talk about coming out in general and how each of our experiences have been affected by coming out. Izzy, you're an out and proud gay man. Tell us about your coming out experience. That's what they tell me. Um, my coming out experience wasn't a big grand um I guess what everybody I have a big announcement kind of thing I just allowed people to assume because they could tell I mean obviously I was an obvious queer kid I had feminine qualities I had this voice that refused to change its pitch for many years longer than most adolescents go and um and so I was all and I always had an airy way about me anyway and so people could pinpoint me pretty easily so it was no big um thing for me to go hey guess what everybody <laughs> I'm gay that they would have all all rolled their eyes and said, yeah, we kind of thought so. Um, so I just kind of thought, you know, well, I'll just be gay and um, and then let everybody else fill in the blanks. It's interesting in your case, because in, it's kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier about how people made assumptions about you. And maybe you kind of confirmed that where in a lot of cases where people struggle to come out, they make assumptions that they're straight, even though they may not be. And I mean, for those of us that don't, for those of you all that don't know, uh, Izzy and I have been friends since kindergarten and we were, you know, children together. And as we started to grow up and it became very clear that Izzy's identity was queer, I knew I was queer and I kind of shied away from him because I didn't want to be associated as being queer. So I was very much in the closet. In as much as I could be, you know, you know, a theater queen uh, (laughs) that I was, uh, I was very much in the closet and I tried to present the idea that I was straight. So I do understand what it is to come out as opposed to just kind of slide out of the closet like a lot of people do. I actually had to open the door and say, I'm gay. And so my experience was a little different, even though Izzy and I grew up together. Ceci, you're our straight 
cisgendered woman on staff. And so tell us, how does coming out uh, day affect you in any way or how, what are your experiences been? If at all. Um, I, I grew up in an era when I guess being gay was a bit more acceptable. It was starting to be open. They were, and I remember just distinctly my group of friends, you know, in elementary school. And you had those friends who you're like, Oh, he's, you know, he would compliment your hair and, you know, like yeah. your, like your shirt and stuff, which more, which was different from the other boys. And so you always knew, you know, that was a special friend. Uh, yeah. That was a special <laughs> friend. And you, you, you didn't understand why at the time. And then you grow up. And you, you know, reach adolescence or whatever and pu- puberty and, and then you see them and you see, and my, my experience was it just was understood that they were gay at that point in high school. Again, they can you know, they start talking to you and you see that they're a bit more comfortable in their own skin. And that I think is when you like, it hit me like, okay, he's come to that conclusion and he's, he's come, he's become himself now. And seeing that kind of development over the years, like, I mean, you guys had that development in elementary school. I had my friends who I also developed in that sense, too. And you start as an ally, you see that they're themselves again and you're happy for them and you want to be accepting and whatever they want, you know, it's like, how, how can I be part of your group? Cause you're having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny that you look at it that way, because I think that one of the great benefits to coming out isn't so much that everybody in the world knows that you're gay. It's just that you finally reach a place in your life where you can say, this is who I am. And, let the repercussions be whatever they are. And if you lose friends or in some cases, family members, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, and I'm sure that still happens to this day. And I'm glad to know that it is a lot easier for generations. It was never difficult for me to come out, but I didn't literally come out of the closet and actually tell my family that I was gay until I was like, in my late thirties. At that case, it was like, yeah, my closet door was made of glass. It was like, yes, Ted, we know. <laughs> and, and, but, but I think it's so incredibly brave for a young person in high school, particularly to be able to live their truth at a young age. And Izzy, just going back to your story, you did that in high school at a time when it was I would imagine scary. Very, yeah. It, but it was one of those things. It was an act of rebellion. Um, at that time, I had bit, I had bitten off the idea of punk and and the anarchy of of punk and that kind of thing. And so, you know, being chased around the the schoolyard for so many years, being called hoto and faggot and that kind of stuff. Um, for so many years, you know, I reached that kind of angsty point of view. So that punk really appealed to. And so when I t- came out as punk, I also came out as gay. I was like, you know what? You want to see a hoto or a faggot? Well, I'll show you a hoto and a faggot. And I did. I did. It was an act of rebellion. Boy, and rebel you did. <laughs> you know so, that. In yeah. all kinds of ways. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because, like I said, I kind of shied away from you at that time in our life. But in reality is, is that I was somewhat envious of you because I knew who I was internally and I knew that I wasn't living my authentic life. And I would look at you and we had other friends, Rodney uh, Pettis comes to mind, oh, yeah. where he was extremely effeminate and very you – know, 
obviously gay. And I would always kind of shy away from guys like that because I didn't want to be found out to be gay by association, which is interesting because if I had been straight, I don't think it would have bothered me at all. I would have just like, these are my friends and they're gay. But it was more about, like I was talking about, like it's really an internal struggle for you to just come out, which is why I think coming out is important just for yourself more than anybody else. It's for yourself. And, and, and to ask the question, Ted, I remember he, Ted and I have been friends for 20 years and he's told me on several occasions what an influence his mother has been on his life. And I remember one story in particular where you talk about her dressing you up as Aunt Jemima for Halloween. <laughs> I remember yeah, which that. Which is very politically incorrect nowadays, but back then it was okay. Yes. <laughs> and so I, my question is, is do you think your mom was more comfortable with you than you were with you first? You know, it's kind of a very common storyline where your parents know. Your parents, I mean, that is your most fundamental relationship growing up. And your parents, parents know their children. And they see things uh, that even though you might think you're trying to hide them, they still see beyond. And I think my mother knew it a bunch earlier to answer your question. Yes, obviously. I think that my mother knew before I did. Um and I know that that made it a little bit easier, but it didn't make having the conversation easier. Yeah, yeah, I knew that the the acceptance would be there on my mother's side. My father, not so much. My I did very much grow up with a very macho, uh, at times violent father, uh, and my brothers come from a very heterosexual, hot rod world and and what men do and and all these sorts of things and i knew i didn't fit in there and going back to what you were saying i know that my mother saw that difference between her boys i was different from my brothers and i know that my dad saw it too but he was in denial and then you ask yourself why was i living my life for him you know and that's when i go back to looking at izzy and rodney and when i was younger i thought you know a lot of my life was spent projecting what other people might even be thinking about me, but really you have no control over that. Yeah. And, and then you had all your brothers too. Yeah. On top of just your dad, you know, the brothers too. And like Izzy, I'm sure your family had an impact also. Oh yeah. Well, definitely. Um, my mother was the one that had a lot of trouble with it and she spotted it early on and, and, you know, and um, kind of, linked it to being um, kind of diseased a little bit or having having um, spiritual issues and those kinds of things like a lot of people do they try to find they try to find what's wrong with my kid and that kind of thing but I also grew up with a brother who was really the opposite of who I was um, he was the leader of of the neighborhood toughs the na- neighborhood gang you know and he he was someone you did not want to mess with and where I was running around skipping roller skating throughout the lower valley and short shorts, you know, and those kinds of things. And see, the the phrase traipsing comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, wearing tank tops and little short shorts. And um, yeah, there was a real big difference between us in it. And I'm sure that, you know, like most parents, my mom, my mom's biggest protest was that she didn't want that for her kid because of course that came with a lot of um bullying and um and I'm sure that because I went to school with my in and around my siblings there was rumors about how I was heavily bullied and so I'm sure she got that as well so 
talk about the bullying. I mean, what uh, I because I didn't come out of the closet. I mean, I did come out of the closet when I was younger in my teens to my f- group of friends, and there was a little bit of surprise in some, but really not not that. M- big of a surprise for people. Um, but so I never really got that bullying because I was in the closet. But what about you? Did you have a lot of bullying? Oh, yeah, a lot. I mean, I couldn't walk down the hallway sometimes in elementary, in junior high, junior high, especially. I don't know why junior high was really tough. Already sledded junior. Um, but um, it was really tough where, you know, I could be doing nothing and I'd be walking down and I'd hear Joto or, you know, Pinchy faggot and that kind of stuff, you know, as I was coming down the hallway for no good reason. Um, I remember, uh, one time, uh, being outside at, at Isleta and all the guys were, were suited up. Um, and a friend of mine and I that we grew, you and I grew up with were walking to our classes and suddenly all of them started into this loud chant of Joto and faggot and this kind of stuff and hooting and hollering and that kind of thing. I don't know what it did for them, but it was just a way of, of a constant thing that I went through um, both or while I was, you know, very young because that started almost immediately into, into elementary school and just carried on. So after a while you learn, it's embarrassing, but you learn how to, I don't know, put a little wall around you, you know, to get through it. But um, I wasn't the kind that, that had like smart, a smart mouth way of dealing with it. Some, I admired that about some of my friends that were out in high school. I remember one in particular uh, um, who's now a woman, but I remember uh, them catcalling to us and catcalling to him and him saying, again, girls, again, as they were calling him Hoto. <laughs> and I thought, well, and that was tenacity mm-hmm. that I, yeah. I, I was in awe of that. I was, and I still am. I still remain like what, what a ballsy and loud way of taking that in instead of, you know, cowering like I kind of did. You know, that's the thing about coming out is that, or even just uh, facing adversity. And when somebody is just blatantly in your face, insulting you, but it's opposed to cowering, which I think, you know, depending on, on where you you're at in your life, you know, some people do, but you sit and you are in awe of the people that stand up and say, no, no, I'm not going to put up with this. And, uh, you know, even within the gay community, there is still uh, some sort of hierarchy of macho-ness or, or he's uh, more masculine and somehow more desirable. And then he's a, a drag queen and really a feminine. But honestly, in my personal experience, the People that are willing to put on six inch heels and wear makeup and a big wig have more guts, are more brave and are stronger than the guy that prances around pretending he's macho. Absolutely. Um, and all of those, those, I guess the, the gay men that I know that, that try to fit into those heteronormative, um, modes, um, and they're really not being their authentic self. And sometimes you see them, you know, maybe they've had a little too much drinkers. You see them amongst, um, a freer environment and you see that, ah, there's the real person that, that, you know, that you don't often see that they're fronting something else. And I, and, over the years, I've learned to think, wow, that must be real torturous. I, I learned to have compassion for it. Like, you know, I know I tried, but I could not, for the love of God, I could not hide what I was and who I was. You get tired of it. You get tired of it. You get even if uh, if even if it is you could be out and still not be your authentic self. You know, I mean, there you know, there's a whole 
array of ways to be gay. And we kind of, when once we come out, then we somehow think that's our identity. And then we look for these subgroups in the gay community to kind of then identify with that community. And, you know, it's a bear or it's a drag queen or it's a show queen or if it's a trans person, you know, we kind of look for other subgroups within the gay community. And sometimes people are really pretending to still be something that they're not even within the gay community. So coming out can mean a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be a gay straight thing. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's time that I tell you I'm a big show queen. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But when you see that when, when, when you're young and you know that you're different and you wear that on the outside and you subject yourself to that kind of bullying or ridicule, I mean, I think that over time that makes you really much stronger. You know, one thing that uh, just uh, as an aside, but something that sticks out for me always about coming out and about identifying as, as being queer is that when someone, when you meet someone and you assume that they're, they're heterosexual, you don't think about them uh, having sex. But when you um, say I'm gay, they automatically associate your sexual activity well, you to who it. you are. But <laughs> because that's the first thing that guys yeah, think for some true. reason, you know, it's really funny to me that you know that's the first thing that straight men think about. It's like, why does your mind immediately go to that? You know, which is the big struggle with uh, gay marriage or understand when we had love wins. It it's not our right to. It has, it's about love. It's about who you're looking for in terms of to, to fulfill your life, what kind of love that you need in your life. And yes, it almost always gets reduced to a sexual act. And don't get me wrong, I've been reduced to lots of sexual acts <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but ultimately, I found love. And, you know, my husband is not in the closet, but he's not out either. He kind of runs that gray area, kind of, you know, where a lot of, of people that are of his generation, he is 15 years older than I am. And so he's of that generation where you just don't talk about that because that's the first thing they think about yeah. is sex. But if, but those same people, they see me and my husband together all the time and they know that we love each other and somehow that's okay. So, you know, it's just it's just a matter of perception. But it's funny that you mentioned that because that's because it's absolutely true. It's yeah. that's a great point. Is why why does that need to become the focus? It should not be. Yeah. yeah. It's and about relationships and development of character. Absolutely. And I also think that there's something strange about how some gay people, you know, turning the coin um, a, a little bit, um, some gay people are, become angry when somebody isn't fully out. Um, and I don't think that that's, that that's really much of their business either. You know, you, it, everybody approaches their, their outing at their own pace in their own way. And, you know, some are really loud about it. And thank God for them. You know, those are the people from the Stonewall riots and those kinds of things that spoke out and did things. And the, they're the vision, the visuals that you see from the 1970s and those eras that even the fifties so far back. Um, but, um, seeing that, or having this uh, modicum of you're, you know, you're not out enough. I think that's that's also um, kind of a, a hypocrisy in a way because you're you're saying, oh no, unless you do gay my way, then you're not really gay. Right. It's still ultimately people's choice. You know, one of the things that comes to mind. I'm going to uh, bring uh, 
the show Heartstopper, which is a series on Netflix. It's a great show. And it really has to do about a young boy who was outed and has then said, yes, I'm gay. And so the whole school knows that he's gay. And so he suffers some bullying. And then all the in-betweens, you know, the person he's interested in um, is struggling with his identity. And they're very clear at saying, if you're not ready to tell people, you have no obligation to do it. It's nobody else's business but your own. It's more about who you are and accepting it. And once you figure that out, if you don't want to make a general announcement to the world, as most people don't, um, you know, it's just kind of like you roll out of it and you say, this is just who I am. And so I think that that's a very interesting point that they make. Interestingly enough, though, the actor that plays the bisexual that was struggling coming out um, was outed in real life. And he, you know, it was then the subject of this ridiculous, you know, Twitter storm or whatever. But the bottom line is this, you know, he said, you all missed the point of the show. And the point of the show really is, you know, live life on your own terms and don't be outed or don't come out because it's a necessity, but do it because you're ready to, period. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, um, Making a big deal about about uh, being gay is also probably not necessary. Yes, I am gay. Yes, I do like boys. You know, that should be enough. I shouldn't have to be, you know, throwing uh, uh, cheerleading cartwheels, although I've been known to. Um, but <laughs> yes, it's it, it ain't pretty, but it's precise. It's exact. <laughs> but, um, you know, so in some ways, you know, there, there's stereotyping that, that goes on. People expect you to be a certain way, to do things a certain way when you come out. But really, I don't know that there should be a, a rule book about coming out, you know. That, it, that leads me to um, we have a short little snippet just from Amber Pettis with the Borderland uh, Rainbow Center. And she has a message for those coming out on coming out day. And her emphasis is whether you're ready or not. So this is Amber. I'm uh, Amber Pettis. I'm with the Borderland Rainbow Center. And I just wanted to let you know that coming out is a singular experience. Um, and if this year, this is the year that you are ready, know that you are supported and that no matter what the fear that you feel will, will begin to dissipate once you step through that door. And for those of you that still aren't ready, that's okay too, but we're here for you. And you're back with Queer Onda, El Paso. And we're still talking about coming out, not specifically National Coming Out Day, but just coming out in general. Um, and this day that celebrates coming out is um, October 11th. And we did ask Dave Castillo about it, who is the owner of Epic Bar and Nightclub. And of course... Dave, being Super Dave and who he is, brought to mind, you know, a very party-like atmosphere. And so this is another take on coming out. Here's Dave. Hi, guys. I'm Dave Castillo, and I'm with uh, Queer Onda El Paso. And want to give a big shout out for National Coming Out Day. I think it's important to come out when you're ready. You have more support than you think you know. If you decide to do it, if you want to come down and Epic have a National Coming Out Day party, I will celebrate that with you. I will put you on stage and make sure that everybody knows you're out, at least in the bar. When you go home, if you want to go back, it's fine. It's going to be great when you do come out. I can tell you that. And like it, it sounds cliche, but things do get better. Thank you, guys. 
This is Queer Onda's top 10 reasons why coming out is in. Number one, does anybody want to be straight these days? Number two, the clothes are just better. Number three, no more attending family gatherings with your friend. Number four, put all the rumors at work to rest. Number five, no more setups with their single friend's kids. Number six, an end to editing pronouns. Number seven, you could admit to watching Project Runway and tell people about it. Number eight, you can finally tell your neighbor that her purse is all wrong. Number nine. You can finally say that you and your bro are more than friends. And number 10, no more straightening up the house before family comes over. But the most important reason why coming out is in is there is nothing better than living your authentic life. And here now are some notable quotables about coming out. Coming out was one of the most important things I've ever done, lifting from my shoulders the millstone of lies that I hadn't even realized I was carrying. Sir Ian McKellen. The single best thing about coming out of the closet is that nobody can insult you by telling you what you've just told them. Rachel Maddow. Gender is between your ears and not between your legs. Ches Bono. We're all born naked and the rest is drag. RuPaul. When we're free to love anyone we choose, when this world's big enough for all different views, when we all can worship from our own kind of pew, then we shall be free. Garth Brooks. Thank you for joining us for episode two of Queer on the El Paso, Out and About. Join us each month as we address issues facing the LGBTQ plus community. Next episode will be dropping the 15th of next month. And until then, agarren la onda, queers. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedback at queeronda.com or visit our website and leave a comment, www.queeronda.com. That's www.queeronda.com. 